Food isn't only a part of life. It's woven into the fabric of our culture and identity. Connect with the individuals who work tirelessly in kitchens and restaurants across the globe to bring it all together for us on The Devoured Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is The Devoured Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Christopher Gumprecht, Vice President of Technology at Roti. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you, Christopher. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Now, um, Roti, we've just been talking a, lot of, a little bit about it, but it's a newer position for you, right? Yeah. Thank you. It's been a, a blast and a huge change from where I was before. No, and I love that we're starting, uh, you know, with this episode with you specifically just because, you know, Roti uh, and everything we've been talking about just in the technology space of things and how, you know, prior to being at Roti, you were uh, I mean, involved in hospitality for such a long time, right? And, and now to really see where we've evolved to in post-pandemic times, but also just in the restaurant industry as has evolved, right? Why did you get brought into Roti? What was the, you know, the the, the catalyst behind everything? Because a lot of growth happening there, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, you know, we uh, over the last two years, as the pandemic hit and and affected the entire restaurant industry, I think everyone's very aware of that. Um, we took the opportunity to scale back a little bit and focus on kind of our core business. Uh, and we knew as things were starting to turn around that we wanted to uh, really focus on growth. And there were a few pieces of that that were missing, um, someone uh, leading technology. And so they they approached me, we had some great conversations. And um, the more I talked with people, the I'm, I'm very much a culture-based person. So the, the culture at Roti is what really captured me, but the opportunity to uh, really expand the technology and the, and the organization is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. And some of the things I've heard so far and, and, and just even the origin story, I love that they're from Palatine, <laughs> you know, local. So the experience you had, I'm sure was invaluable to them as they sought you out that um, coming from Let Us Entertain You. Tell me about just your, your time in the hospitality industry, how sure. you got started with all this. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, I, so m- in my previous life, I was at Let Us Entertain You for 20 years. Um, <laughs> I started there. Uh, I like to tell people that I started there when I was like five years old. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, there's no way, like <laughs> looking at you, like there's absolutely no way you were there for 20, maybe 12. Like. Uh, it's good genes. It's good genes. Um, but, uh, I started there as actually as a part-time server. Uh, my sister helped me get the job cause she had worked at Let Us. Um, so I started for one of the brands and I worked for that brand for about seven years, uh, became the corporate trainer. So I oversaw the training for a lot of those, which is like the core of who I am as a business person is a lot of uh, my experience and training development is, is part of everything that I do now. Uh, so I spent seven years with that brand and then I moved into it at lettuce and I took over point of sale for the entire organization. Oh, wow. So at the time they, uh, they'd had, they didn't have anyone in house that was focused on point of sale. So I took that over and I was doing all the um, implementations, all the training, I was writing all the databases, um, any new store opening, I was usually there for anywhere from a month to a month and a half doing the opening and training the employees. Um, and over the course of about seven years in IT, I built out a, a team of hardware and software people. And then, uh, gosh, this would have been back in 2015, I decided to move over to marketing and I took on a marketing technology role overseeing uh, lettuce it was is really cool because they have so many brands they've got like 70 brands of restaurants across 120 locations and uh, all of those websites are all built and and designed in-house so there's a team of developers that I oversaw that um, are just ridiculously talented and uh, that was a super fun process and I also took over the mobile app development which was also done in-house um, it's a custom app that was built uh, and worked with a great team there so 
stepping into Roti, I'm able to leverage a lot of that experience that I have already. Yeah, um, man. Focusing on our recent mobile app launch, which just launched back in January. Um, we Our website, we launched back in March, but I've taken that over along with like data projects and regular day-to-day IT support. That's, I mean, what, a, what an experience. And, that was a mouthful. You know, but, but, hey, like, hey, and 20 years, I mean, for, for it to be 20 years, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to it. But one of the things that just strikes me is, is my background was actually in technology. So, yeah. you know, networks and, you know, data systems and all that. But you don't strike me as your typical technologist, <laughs> right? You just have a, a warm personality and, and you seem to really engage with people. And, you know, we've had great conversations. Did you find that that in, in terms of just being a fit for what technology is, because technology is not meant to dictate our lives, but really, rather, you know, enhance it, right, and, and improve it. And so did you find that because of that, you know, and maybe maybe you don't see it the way I see it, right, but just did you find that having those people skills really translated in, into being able to create systems that benefited the company more than someone, say, focused on just the technology of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think technology comes really naturally to me, and I know it doesn't to everybody else, so I feel like, and this goes back to, like, my training background. Probably in the hospitality space, too, right? Yeah, Less. yeah. Um, I mean, certainly. And, you know, everyone is, I can't tell you how many times people come up to me at work, and they're like, my Facebook isn't working. How do I fix it? And I was like, <laughs> Sure. Let me like take a look at it. Um, but I find that the thing that works best is being able to translate technology into things that are really simple for people to understand. And so, so true. Um, for me, I always try to, with any process, I try to break it down into like its smallest components and think about, okay, if I was someone who didn't understand this, how, how do I make sense of it? Right. And one of the things I, I just seeing and, and participating in, you know, the, the dining experience with Lettuce, yeah. saw so many things evolve, like you know, loyalty programs, reward programs, or things that just, you know, that kept you in, in communication with the brand, mm-hmm. right, and top of mind. How much of that that you were a part of did you just see transform from the time that you started until, okay. you know, you left that I'm sure just it looks like a totally different company from when you first started, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so much of that with Lettuce is, is a tribute to the, the people that they have. I mean, they just hire incredibly talented, really smart people who are willing to work super hard. Um, and that is, I'm, I'm a really passionate person. And so I get more passionate about things when I'm surrounded by people that are passionate too. Of course. Um, and that's very much what it felt like. So everyone's just committed to like excellence and service and technology. Um, and I think one of the things that you said a few minutes ago is something that uh, is really telling and I talk about a lot internally is that Technology should never be used to replace service in the restaurant industry. It should always be used to augment service. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes, especially in fast casual, it's really easy to take that technology for granted and say, we're just going to replace service altogether by implementing this automation. But ultimately, at the end of the day, that emotional connection that someone has to either food or service experience needs to be augmented by using a tablet to order or ordering off their mobile device and having a really great experience when they walk in the restaurant or having a really great experience when that food is delivered to their house. Absolutely. So now you spent 20 years. I'm sure it was hard <laughs> to leave, you know, um, but you saw an opportunity within Roti. And yeah. one of the things, obviously, you've been there for 14 years, but you mentioned that it kind of has that startup feel. And also, they dropped uh, the Mediterranean grill part. Yeah. So it seems like there's also that sense of maybe not finding your identity, but really honing in on what that is. How have those experiences that you had with Let Us translate into what you see as promise in the future for Roti? Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the things that you've tried to implement, whether it be from a cultural standpoint, technology standpoint? What are some of those things that, um, you know, are, are catalysts to change within 
roti that you're bringing in from your experience. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a very transformative, transformative time for us at roti. Um, and everyone's really committed to um, taking technology to the next level and, and taking this brand uh, as far as we can. And so, you know, we, we have, during the pandemic, we took the opportunity to reevaluate a lot of our technology stack and get rid of some of the things that were complicating things. And so mm. now uh, we're, we're taking this approach of how do we have a holistic technology stack where we can implement things that make our experience better. Um, but those things are modular and interchangeable so that we're not dependent on on one particular piece of technology. And if we decide in two years we want to replace that, it's really easy or simple to do and it doesn't disrupt the rest of our organization. How much of what you guys do at that level, because it is, uh, it's not a franchise, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. So, but you have multiple locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much of it, as you see these big scale operations, whether that be lettuce or roti, can translate into something that a mom and pop shop could do, right? Where sure. it's something that, people maybe don't consider because, hey, I'm not big enough, I'm not streamlined, there's no ne not necessary to do that. But how important it is to take some of those concepts and, and apply them at the smaller scale, and, and if it's possible, right? I think now more than any time in the last 20 years that I've seen, it is easier to implement a lot of those tools for a mom-and-pop restaurant because the landscape of technology partners is so vast and there's right. so much you can do. But that's where it becomes really overwhelming for people. It's like, you know, and I... Uh, I was talking about this recently with a friend is that, um, you know, during the pandemic, we saw such change in guest behavior. We saw such change in the dependence on technology. And so now, you know, a lot of these mom and pop shops are having to evaluate technology on like almost a daily basis to just try to keep up. And so, you know, I think for mom and pop shops, it's figuring out what's the core of what you're trying to do and make sure the technology that you're working with meets that need and then figure out how you can add on extra layers. So if it's another sales channel that you can add in, maybe you need um, online ordering if you haven't implemented it already, or you're looking for an SMS program. How do you take those things and implement them with your existing structure? Yeah, and, and they're just so interchangeable with, with te technology and marketing, right? Yeah. Is there, or maybe it's not just a, a roti thing, but just an industry thing that, do you see how technology plays a role <clears throat> not only in you know the operation side of things, but also just in creating an experience where yeah. now when you go to a restaurant, you know, it's, and, and this, you guys are fast casual, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. But more sit down restaurants where now you have to scan a, a menu, right? As opposed to maybe look at one up on a board somewhere. But this, this idea of now engaging with something that you're bringing to the restaurant, is that something that as, as hospitality professionals or an industry that is being considered, how do you create an experience more so than just the transactional aspect of ordering yeah. using that technology? Is that something that, that is even a conversation yet? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one of the, the really cool things that we got the opportunity to do with that lettuce, um, the QR codes are a great example. So at the same time that most other restaurant groups were reopening their dining rooms, they were looking for partners to be able to um, have those QR codes and those those digital menus. We took the opportunity internally, and I had a really small team at my at the time. It was just myself and our, our lead web developer, and we built all of our virtual menus from scratch, and we built them in the styles of the website so that when you're uh -huh. a guest sitting down and you scan that QR code, it's not just a white background with black text. The PDF Helvetica. somewhere or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It actually looks like the same font, same lines, same colors. Um, and we built it to be scalable so that the brands could take care of those things themselves as they're adding new menu items. And then we kind of took it to the next level of uh, looking at analytics and seeing how people are browsing those menus and then try to make changes so that if there's a particular menu item that a brand says, 
uh, isn't doing well for them and they really love it, let's call it out. Let's put it in its own box. Let's put some styling around it. So it really draws your attention and your eye to it. And we would see sales increase because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy because, I mean, it's so, yeah, like even getting to the mom, mom and pop shops where, you know, they're not considering that necessarily yeah. how their design, how everything really impacts their bottom line at the Absolutely. end of the day. It's not just about you know, the sales or even customer service. It's, I mean, it is, right? But you have to take a holistic approach to it that it's not just one thing and you can't put your eggs, you know, all in one basket. So that's amazing. And, when, and thinking about user experience and everything, right? So sometimes as a, a restaurateur, we sit in there and we're like making decisions based on what's best for us. And we don't always stop right. and consider, okay, well, if I'm a user or a guest walking through a line in a fast casual restaurant and I'm trying to look at a digital menu board or I'm looking at my phone in front of me, you know, what, what is that experience? Is there something that's preventing them from doing some of the things that we think they should be doing? Absolutely. No. And I'm sure there's a lot of trial and error with that too, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it, and there should be, no, absolutely. And it, it changes. Right. And, and, and that's one of the things that I heard you say it multiple times, but, um, you know, you have pre pandemic, post pandemic, yeah. right. And so there, these, these, these cultural shifts and things that are like QR codes that were around for a long time, but no one even cared or used them. But yeah. then all of a sudden pandemic, we all know how to use them. Now everybody's an expert, right? Yeah. So moving, uh, kind of uh, shifting a little bit. Sure. You like to be busy. and uh, <laughs> But what I love about it is that you know, you don't use that, that that time for yourself. You're very selfless with it. Tell me about some of the things that, that you have going on outside of uh, your job and yeah. outside the hospitality industry. Uh, so... I do. I, I like to keep very busy um, <laughs> and, and work takes up a lot of my time and, and I love working. I, I really enjoy it. Um, but I also I have the opportunity to sit on a few boards. So I work with um, DePaul University. Uh, I'm sitting on the, a board for the Institute for Profes- Professional and Business Ethics, nice. which I've, I've done for a few years. Um, I do mentorship, uh, which I've done with the School of Hospitality at DePaul. Um, I do currently with Niles North High School. They have an incubator program. And so every year I work with a a team of students as they're coming up with a a concept. And I really help them over the course of the entire school year, meet with them, talk about their ideas, their projects, and help them figure out the answers to the questions they're they're trying to solve. So if they're trying to build a website, I'll help them price out what that's going to be. If they're trying to implement a piece of technology or they think they may need to bring people on staff, I'll help them figure out what the budgets are for that. Um, How do you get involved with all these things? Uh, you know, it's it's just making connections. It's like talking to people. Um, uh, I, I, I love my circles and my networks. And so, you know, uh, Niles came up uh, with a connection that we had in someone in our HR department at Lettuce who thought I'd be a good fit for it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I love this. That's awesome. Um, and what do you see as far as w- with your connection to the youth, right? What's the perception or, you know, is the hospitality industry something that people are even aspiring to anymore, right? Because you saw this mass exodus uh, during the pandemic that people were changing careers altogether, leaving the hospitality, something like half a million people yeah. a month. What what does that look like for you in, in terms of the, the connection you have to the youth? Like, what's the perception to the hospitality industry? Yeah, and uh, at Lettuce uh, was really great because we had a... Um, we had a internship program that was long lived. And so we would oh, get nice. interns at the restaurant level and we'd also get them at the corporate level. And so being able to work with somebody who's really interested in technology, but also wants to work in the, within the restaurant space is a lot of fun. So if there's someone that we find during the summer that wants to work on a data project for us or wants to be, learn how to be a web developer, bringing them on and then working with them for three months. In, you know, and as, as you're saying, this one of the things I was thinking about just how in supply chain has been and you know, will be a thing. How much of the technology that you work with 
is is now being thought of in that space, whether it be, you know, uh, some sort of collaboration. But basically, what I'm I'm trying to get at is the things that we saw during the pandemic, where the food supply chain was just like I don't understand how you couldn't get food from that was supposed to go to restaurants to grocery stores or vice versa, right? But is there any of that that's happening um, to solve some of those problems, like even from from at the school level or at the professional level? Now that that you're in this, are some of those things talked about? Is that something that you know technology is trying to solve at the restaurant level? Yeah, um, uh, you know certainly supply chain across the board, not just with food but also with technology, is is a challenge for us. So. Um, at, at Roti, um, we just finally implemented uh, EMV terminals, which was like bringing us into 2018, right? We're a little behind the times on that. Um, and we placed the orders for those back in November, and we just now finally got them. Wow. Um, so sometimes technology is also the roadblock there for us too. But when we're looking at supply chain for food, um, one, you know, making sure that we're working with really great partners, understanding what our food mix is and what our, our guests and consumers are, are interested or willing to eat. Then figuring out how we can go source that and make sure that that um, stays um, uh, stays available to us, but we can't do that without a proper set of data. So making sure Absolutely. that we're always reevaluating what our menu sales are and our our mixes. And how do you use it? How does it translate into, for example, you you get some information, say this doesn't is not selling as well, or you know whatever that looks like. Is it is it let's go back to the drawing board? Is it let's go to the test kitchen? What does that look like when? you have to make that decision that something isn't quite right or, yeah. or where you want it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have been really fortunate to work with really strong culinary folks. So at Roti, um, you know, everyone is really passionate about the food because the food is incredible if you haven't had it. No, it's um, amazing. And at Lettuce, it's so focused on food. And so uh, usually it's taking the opportunity to say, okay, was what we're doing, are we executing it right? Does it taste great? And so going in and tasting those things, making sure that, um, all the ingredients are available. And if we know something is uh, that we're not going to have access to it soon through our normal channels, is there a way that we can do it in-house instead? And what advice would you give to smaller organizations that maybe don't have those you know, technologies in place but still maybe have that data, right, whether it be through orders or whatever, they're, they're quantifying that. What advice do you give to you know, really create a process around understanding your menu, what's selling, what doesn't? Like how does one go about evaluating that to say, it's important to make changes as necessary. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's tough because if, if you if it isn't something that you're used to doing, sometimes that information can seem really foreign. And so it's easier to focus on other things rather than figuring out how to get the answers to what you're looking for out of that data. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, looking for partners, I find, uh, you know, also just looking for other people in, in networks. So, um, you know, if, if I'm struggling with something that I don't understand, usually I'll reach out to someone in my network on LinkedIn and be like, hey, can you help me figure this out? Because I, I have zero clue what I'm doing here. That's so true. And so many of us, and I, and I don't think it's any industry specific, I think just people in general are afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Like, and there's so, I think the community, what I've noticed in the hospitality industry and, you know, specific, specifically amongst uh, food hospitality, but just how much of a community there exists. Yeah, exactly. And this collaboration, this willingness to help. And yeah. that's something that it's very cutthroat in other industries, but I was expecting that when you know, I first got involved in, in, in the hospitality scene here in Chicago, that it, it would be more of that or yeah. what you, the perceptions here, but it's not, there is this 
very willing community of people to help. And I'm sure you've experienced a lot of that with incredible chefs that you guys had yeah. at, uh, at Lettuce. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of the hospitality business, right? Is that we're in the business of taking care of people. And so making sure that we're not just doing that for our guests, but we're doing it for the other people who are running restaurants. And um, I, I think that um, that saying that a rising tide raises all boats is, is really important. Um, Absolutely. And so for me, you know, if someone in my network reaches out, um, even if they're from a competitor, like I'm always willing to get on a phone and share my experience or my stories or, um, you know, particular vendors that I've worked with before. If they're like, I don't even know where to start with this. I'll be like, yeah, great. Let's meet for coffee and talk about these things and I'll help you out however I can. Well, and it almost seems like you just have an understanding that a lot of people don't, that as you do that, you're really helping yourself, you're helping yeah. the industry, you're helping, yep. you know, create a better customer experience. You know, there's so much that comes from that. It's not just giving information, but you're helping yourself. And, yeah. you know, with that, what does the future of food look like, in your opinion? You know, what, what are some of those things that, whether it be changes that you see on the horizon or things that um, you're hoping to see change as part of your involvement? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we, uh, the delivery component is uh, something that's really interesting right now because I, I said this like five or six years ago to somebody when we had three times as many delivery partners as we do today. I, I really saw that things were going to start to normalize and we've seen a lot of consolidation within the delivery space. Um, my hope is that we get to a point where, um, and there's n nothing necessarily bad to say about the big delivery partners out there like DoorDash or Grubhub or those folks, um, but getting to the point where more restaurants can do their own delivery, I think will be a better impact on restaurant business. Um, and I think it gives a better experience and opportunity for a better experience for a consistent experience across the board. When I go to someone's website and order from them, get it delivered by someone who's going to be, who's knowledgeable about the food, might be able to answer any questions. And those are things that just kind of don't mesh with the current delivery landscape. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, there, there is a lot, when you have new companies and technology companies like that, you're going to experience hiccups and, you know, just part of the growth. And so as we evolve, I'm sure those things will get worked out. Yeah. What about for you? What's in uh, store for you in the future? Uh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, <coughs> yeah. You know, focused on right one now uh, or right now is uh, getting really comfortable in my role at Roti. Um, having been there only four months, you know, I spent the first two months of it being like, I don't understand any of this. So let me just figure it out. Um, so uh, really starting to grow out my teams. I'm, I'm also uh, the only full time technology person on staff. So I don't oh, no have way. an IT department. Um, so it's a lot of me. Um, you know, we just we installed these EMV terminals uh, over the last few weeks, and I was the one going there at night and installing them after hours and uh, traveling out of town to go do those. Um, but I'm starting to grow out that team. I have someone who's starting very soon and then uh, focused on building out our product team and our data team. So I'm really looking forward to that over the next few years with Roti. That's awesome. Um, on a personal level, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm always I'm a I'm a huge nerd, so I'm always looking for like the next comic book movie. I just ordered my tickets for Doctor Strange this morning at like 5 a.m. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Are you a Comic Con guy too? Oh yeah, uh, like every level of nerd, and, and I'm gonna really embarrass myself. So I'm sorry for all the folks that are listening out there. Uh, but there's a Star Trek convention that's here uh, this weekend, and I've already like I'll be dressed up for it. Like no way. Yeah, I'm like high level nerd. So um, Alexis's friend actually runs that. Really? Uh, yeah. The the show show she'll be here. Yeah. yeah so she's uh, coming here to Chicago this weekend for that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I will have to let her know. We'll see yes. what we can hook you up with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be there. So. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do, right? Cool. But that's awesome. And on that note, I just want to thank you for, for coming in. Yeah. Uh, please enjoy this weekend. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I plan to. Thank you. No, it's uh, it's been nothing but a pleasure. And again, if uh, listening, you love to reach out to Christopher and just connect with him for whatever, you can do so by filling out the form and he'll get that uh, directly in his inbox. But I'm so Thanks, excited for Thanks. things that are coming up for you and just the person you are so i again i appreciate you and, and being a part of this community as well thank you and this is i mean what you're doing is incredible i love listening to these podcasts so thank you for everything you're doing too you're doing a great part for this community oh, thank you thank you